0: Collaboration. Now that's a word we all hear a lot, but how often do we really see it put into action? But what if collaboration becomes more than just a buzzword, and actually becomes a business model? My name is Charles Araujo, and welcome to the Transform IT Show, presented by the Intel IT Center. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to Ray Noonan, CEO of a New Zealand-based company called Cogent, who has literally rebuilt his company and their offices around putting collaboration into action. I think that it's a fascinating story, but it's also a glimpse into the future, a future in which the role of IT looks very different. You'll see what I mean. And if you're watching this episode at airtime, don't forget to participate in our live Twitter chat. Just follow hashtag TransformIT and ITChat to participate. And if you're not, well, make sure that you catch the next one live so that you can join in the conversation. Okay, let's get to this and talk about collaboration as a business model and what it means to the future of IT. Well, I am here today with Ray Noonan, the CEO of Cogent, and we're going to talk about some really interesting things that he has done within his company. So, first and foremost, I would like to welcome you, Ray, to the Transform IT show. Thanks for joining us from New Zealand. It's a pleasure, Charles. Perfect. So, I, it was an interesting opportunity to meet you, uh, and I think that the story of how we actually got introduced is uh, helpful for the context. I was giving a keynote as you might remember um, there in New Zealand and I was talking about the future of business and how some of the structures that we've historically operated within are falling apart and a friend of mine who happened to be in the audience pulled me aside afterward and said you need to come and meet the folks at Cogent and so he literally dragged me into your offices unannounced and we're standing there and and we literally bump into you and you were gracious enough to Kind of put some, I think you had some guests with you. You kind of sent them to a conference room and you gave me a tour of your office. And I was just so blown away with what you're doing that I thought it would make a lot of sense to kind of just chat about some of that. So I think that's that's kind of what we're going to chat about today a little bit. One of the things you told me when we met was that you'd kind of resurrected the company and you can tell that story of what that was about but that you did it with this philosophy of kind of no ownership. And I found it ironic because in my keynote I had been talking about the need for an ownership mentality and so it was kind of funny the juxtaposition, but I think we're actually saying in many ways similar things. And so maybe you can talk a little bit about that and, and how you kind of came to that realization.
1: Sure. We, um, we bought Cogent um, just a little over two years ago and it had been, um, it, was, it was the last company that had been left inside a, a publicly listed group. And had, um, had been struggling for some time for um, profitability. And it, its technology set had become quite dated and old. And, and so it's, its relevance in the marketplace was really challenging. Um, but it, as, as a part of that, it also, you know, the, the, the style of work and, and the culture in the business was very much um, siloed and segmented. But we um, uh, effectively we, we we offered the the uh, owners a dollar for the business, and they accepted it. So we we ended up with um, you know a business with um, twenty five years history behind it, but one that hadn't really kept up with it, the, the market or, or its technology set. And so we um, sort of had a look at it and said, okay, how do we how do we bring this back from the brink. It was very much about just breaking down the norms and, and the ways that business had been become entrenched over 25 years and saying hey there's a whole new world and, and that led to a new premises and a different way of doing it and a different product strategy and a whole whole number of things that we brought together um, and, and yeah, just had the confidence to do it I guess. As a, as a company that had technology as a sort of core reason to exist I I always believe that it's um, really odd that you then separate out your technology function and put it in a different place and say, that's our technology function, it's now a head office cost and a, a corporate function. Um, and it's, it, you know that, that's sort of I don't know it's, it's sort of oxymoronic almost, and so you know the first thing we did was was shut down the IT department. It was it was costing hundred thousand dollars a month to run IT for a, a relatively small business. So
0: you do realize that this is and our audience is all made up of IT people, and you just sent a shiver down their spine that you shut down the entire IT department, right? So explain kind of what that really meant is because uh, I mean I think as we talked about it, it was really that. IT became much more ingrained into everything, right? I mean, so how did that play out? I've been in the IT industry
1: for for over 30 years now. Um, but it's a personal philosophy when we, you know, we, we sort of um, abdicate responsibility for things and say, oh, you know, it's IT does that or the IT policy is this or we can't do that because it doesn't fit the IT policy, well, you know, my my counter to that uh, as an IT professional still is to say, well, you know, why can't we do that? Why can't we just focus on value and delivering outcomes and value rather than, um, you know, having a, a prescribed outcome? And so, you when know, when wh- we say we we shut down our IT department, I mean, we didn't throw away all the IT, we just said to everybody, well, you know, look, we're... we're we're all actually technologists um, in terms of our core functions. So let, let's just take ownership and responsibility for it. And that, that comes down to that, you know, who, who owns what inside the business. And so we, we, you know, we just picked everything up and threw it up into the cloud. And, and previously, you know, there, there was um, this whole... Um, structure um, I think we had 42 virtual servers running our businesses is a business of 140 odd staff I mean, it just you know, there was one server for every three staff the cost of that and the, the benefit of it, it was it was about um, I th- in my view it was about people saying here's my data and I own it and I need a special place for it and and, and, and all the rest of it and that's really where we started but you know that, it stretches to a, a philosophy you know in my view, um, of IT or the traditional IT um, support um, company and, and internal IT departments has very much gone the way of the typing pool. You know, 30, 40 years ago every medium to large size business would have had a typing pool and people sitting there typing and that, that devolved with technology to the point where we all do our own typing now unless it's something quite unusual and I think IT has become the same way. If, we, you know, if we're not technically literate and technically equipped we, we we just no, we're no longer relevant to the business environment.
0: So one of the things that I think is most striking when we walked into your office was the fact that there were no real desks the way that you would think about it and you had these, I forgot what you called them, but like collaboration pods or these little areas and the little cubbyhole things that you have and so maybe you can explain a little bit about your no ownership philosophy and how that workspace came about and how, you, how that's really a changed structure to your entire business.
1: Sure. You know, when, when we took over the business when we came in, it was um, it was very obvious. You know, everybody sort of worked inside their own little compound or little pods and walls between them and everybody else around them. And, and you know, there, there was a, a a game of some form going on about who had the you know, the most screens on their desk was clearly the most important or the winner of some undefined game, probably without a prize. Um, and there was piles of books, you know, separating everybody. And so the ability to collaborate, and I think one of the the, the key things that um, we believed about the the business and, and the future of the business was was our ability to, for the the company as a whole to own and be responsible for its intellectual property, the way that we deal with customers, the way that we. Um, architect solutions, the way that we de- develop business value—all of those things are really um, important. And you can't do that in isolation. You know, it's it's too much, and there's too many views. So we, we um, in the very short term, we just took away all the walls, um, all the all the partitions and dividers between desks and and so forth. But as we designed our, the the new workspace, we just said that you know there will be no walls. And when we want to work together, we'll work together and we'll create that environment. So instead of people having multiple screens on their desk, they just have they bring their own device. And when they want to collaborate and work together or look at things on a larger scale, we have 60-inch screens all over the office that they wirelessly can connect to. And if there's one or two people or three or four people that want to work together, there's so many different ways that facilitate that. And if it happens to be that I want to work with my colleague who's in another city, um, I can do that and carry that on to work with things. But it was about owning it was about owning um, our intellectual property um, and and without silos, so that you know so that the the sum of the whole was was far greater than all of these siloed um, pieces that we had. So our ability to to you know talk about a customer from from service delivery through to value outcome uh, was was really important and and previously we had. Groups of people sitting in one space, and you know, one one sort of competency or craft sitting in one space, and then another one divided away um, doing it, and and we're turning that upside down as a as a company. We grew significant value, in my opinion, by um, by having a collective um, way of doing business. Um, that, that was that was consistent across our business, but we also stuck the customer at the top of the tree in terms of of saying, you know, it, it's a value outcome for the customer that we want to drive, and it's not process and methodology inside our own company. And while we haven't thrown out all the process and methodologies, um, well, certainly the process we we challenge consistently in terms of trying to come up with self approving processes so that you know our internal. Functions um, around remuneration and so forth just happen, rather than they having to go through three sets of management hands. Um, so we're able to thin out the management layer and push that back into, you know, into billing hours and 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 uh, product delivery. But humans, by nature, like routine, like comfort, like the security of being inside a, a cubbyhole or inside a little a little room or a little house. It, you know, I, I can control my environment. Um, and, and so it becomes very, very challenging, I think, at a, at a um, you know, at an emotional level, um, that, that, that first step of change. Um, but then the continual things that come into, you, you talked about coming into our office, um, one of the challenges that, that some of our own people have is, or nervousness, is uh, we have no receptionist. You know, we have nobody that keeps the gate, that stops you coming in from our biz, into our business. We spend a lot of time designing the entry to our business Such that just walk in and be part of of us, rather than walk in and go through a checking process and go through this and go through that. Even today, we've been in these new premises here for about four months now. Um, I still get people coming up to me saying, oh, we need to get a receptionist or we need to put some sort of control on the way we come into the business. Because I'm nervous about that being exposed. And I think, you know, the... The, as a as a philosophy to our customers it's just come in you know if you're a, whether you're a vendor partner or a customer partner or a prospectus employee or some guy from America who's just walking down the road from a conference you know just come on in and see see what we're doing and and we're really proud of it and, and let's talk about value
0: you know it's funny it's uh, that's exactly what it was like and I and what's interesting is not only can I appreciate that it's probably uncomfortable or has been uncomfortable for your staff I, I mean, I'm sure it's at least initially uncomfortable for your customers. I mean, I remember walking there, it's like, are we supposed to be here? Is this okay? And it was clearly that. I mean, there was no receptionist. There was just that kind of little wall and then you walked around and there was this big open collaborative space. It was just, it was really fascinating. And so um, I, I think that as we keep going forward, it seems clear to me that you believe in the transformative power of IT. I mean, it's clearly a part of your business. What was the pivotal point at which maybe you had that realization and you saw how IT could be transformative and you kind of saw where that was going to lead?
1: I, I think that you know, there's a number of things. There was, there was that core Processes and systems that we continually challenge and look at, and looking for better, smarter, faster, cheaper ways, probably of doing things, and that—that's the core sort of thing that, that that as an IT industry we've been doing for a long time. But some of the things that we were able to drive through the business. Um, so we had a, a business that that you know we hadn't been performing well for for an extended period of time, and 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 some of the some of the outcomes of that in terms of our own team. So they were always given. The cheapest piece of equipment on their desktop, you know, so so they, they were down to, certain functions were down to, um, you know, very cheap netbooks and they were down to this and so we're technologists and out there evangelising around technology and why BYOD should work and all the rest of it and of course we, we were stuck in this very rigid controlled desktop environment and everybody had this and, and it was, um, you know, the business isn't performing and there's little capital available so let's keep pushing down in terms of cost. And as and a sort of a, a cultural sort of um, step change, we were able to say, Hey, actually, you know what, here's just your allowance every month. Go and buy whatever technology you want and we'll facilitate that for you inside our environment. And so we had these sort of technologists that had been sort of trudging away almost. All of a sudden was we able to come in with, whether it was an iPad or an iPhone or a, um, a, a Galaxy tablet or a Windows 8 tablet or a Windows 8 um, laptop or whatever it happened to be, just bring it in and start using it, um, and we'll pay you an allowance for do that. Well, you know, that, that, that was a real sort of, um, uh, I think, watershed moment in terms of staff understanding. They did have control, and we did trust them. And 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 there's some cool things to be done, and and most importantly, we want to know what cool things you're playing with at night, or understanding, or what you're learning, because that's our next generation. So
0: can I make this more personal? I mean, for you, what caused that kind? Of, I mean. These are, you know, I think they're starting to become in vogue, but you started this, I think you told me, three years ago. I mean, far before anyone was really talking about a lot of this stuff. I mean, what was that kind of moment for you personally that you saw that this was something that, that could actually transform your business and create advantage for you.
1: I used to read a lot of uh, Tom Peters, you know, and so Tom Peters used to talk about um, the open office and the workspace and having your little trolley behind you with your drawers in it and you you collaborated by project team and all the rest of it. But if you, you know, that was still about a physical um, environment and all the rest of it. And I think, you know, that, that... as a technologist, where I was able to make that step from it. Well, that that was what Peter said. But how do we turn that into, um, you know, technology? Um, well, how do we use technology to take that to the next step? So I think that you know that that's one part of it. That's the technologist part of it. But I think also as a business person, you know, we, we're able to drive uh, a whole lot of cost out of the business by doing it. So, so we, we create a lot of, lot of value.
0: At this point, I'd like to transition. And I think you're bringing up, and, and part of the reason that I was so excited to get you on the show and to interview you is, is I think that sometimes there is a gap that IT folks in general don't have a good view of where business is going and the demands that are reshaping the business world. We sometimes as IT people get so focused on the bits and bytes of the technology that we miss that that's really what it's about. So what I, my challenge for you in the last little segment here of three, four minutes is what advice, if we have an entire audience here of IT professionals, what we really think is the IT leaders of the future, you're someone that in my opinion is kind of living in that future. What advice do you have for them? What are the things that they can go and start doing tomorrow to start becoming the kind of IT professional that would be able to come into an organization like yours and start adding immediate value?
1: My initial thoughts around that is is just to challenge that, you know, that, that that IT cultural thing in terms of no you can't because it doesn't fit our security policy or no you can't because you can't do that. If that's the case, then we need to go and look at the security policy, not um, you know, not devalue the, the value. So we, we we need to
0: become those change agents rather than the the you know part of the process. It's important for you, right? You're a CEO of a company. You are worried about the overall health and success of the company. And yet here you are saying, you know what? If it's a security policy issue that's stopping us from doing the getting the business result that we're trying to achieve, then maybe we need to look at that security policy. And I think for a lot of just to pick on security for a minute, I think for IT people that's a difficult conversation. I,
1: I think it's about um, you know, it's understanding what value is and moving away from whether it's it's compliance or whether it's cost plus. Um, but every time we buy a company or walk in, you know, it's. it's why do you do it that way? Well because we've always done it that way, Well, that you know, that's the worst reason in the world to do something. So it, it, it's about value. We do a lot of things because we think it's the right thing to do or because we needed to do that a generation ago because there was technology weaknesses um, that, that exposed us or whatever. But we need to keep challenging those things and say, if, if the cost of protecting that information is that my business can no longer innovate or be reactive to, to market or customer demands, um, what's the value of protecting it? Because I, I, I can define what that cost is, I can see that from a, a competitive positioning, I can see that from a revenue growth point of view, I can see that from a, a cost of delivery point of view. So what's the value of protecting that that data? And when I think back of my own career one of the, the key things I learned about was, was, was about value. Um, and you know coming from an IT background and an engineering background, I understood cost plus really really well But, but I think in my experience is that, that few people understand what value, particularly when we come from that logical Tightly held engineering IT background. We, we, we understand incremental really really well. We don't have value and I, you know, one of the stories that I use here for, for our sales people is you know value if I if I go down to to a uh, Walmart, and I, I buy a, a, a cheap, uh, you know, life jacket, life preserver, and I, I don't know, I pay twenty dollars for it, and I try and sell it to you for forty bucks. Um, you, you'd say, ah, I'm not really interested, Ray. I don't see any value in it. Um, conversely, if I happen to be sailing across the harbour, and and you're floating in the water without, um, and you're about to take your last breath, and I say, I got this life jacket. Would you like to pay ten thousand dollars for it? Um, the answer there is, is, is really simple, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you whatever you need, whatever you want to give me that life jacket to save my life. And so, the, you know, the, the same item um, has, has significantly different value in different environments. And, and we need to understand the difference between that cost plus and, and, and the whole of value thing.
0: Very good. Well, if I can sum it all up in one word, if, uh, not to put words in your mouth, but you can tell me if I got this, it's basically focus on value. Right, I mean that's the big message. If we understand the value to the business, then we've got a leg to stand on about how to measure everything else we do.
1: Absolutely, it's it's value, and it's you know it's business value, and so we've just got to be part of of you know a a, a total sort of ownership around business business outcomes, you know, profitability, growth. We we can't sit inside our fortress and say, "Well, well, IT is going really well. It's a shame that the company is going to close its doors next week." So so. Collectively, we need to understand value no matter what our functions are inside the business.
0: Right. Well, that's really great. Ray, really appreciate you taking the time to share some of your story with us, and I'm sure that our audience is going to get a lot from this. So thank you very much for joining us from New Zealand, and we wish you the best of luck in your business as it goes forward. Thanks a lot, Charlie. Thanks very much. Are you ready to take action on what Ray just shared with us? Value can be a tricky thing, which is part of why we don't always try to figure it out. It's easier to talk about the technology a lot of times than it is to talk about what the technology actually does and how it is meaningful to those that are using it. But that's what we must do if we're going to be the type of IT professionals and leaders that CEOs like Ray is looking for. So the question and challenge to you is, are you ready to do what it takes to figure that out? What will you do tomorrow to begin this process? What action are you going to take so that you can become better at understanding how the work you do contributes value to your organization. These are not idle questions. In fact, if you're watching this live, share your morning action, as I'm calling it, with all of us right now using the hashtag TransformIT and ITChat. Or post your morning action in the comments section here below. But whatever you do, decide what action you're going to take and then share it with somebody. Also, don't forget to take advantage of everything available to you as you make your way on this journey. The folks at the Intel IT Center have made a wealth of resources available to you. You can check it all out at www.intel.com slash ITCenter. In addition, you can also check out the free programs and resources that we make available as part of our mission at the IT Transformation Institute. Go to www.transformingit.org for more info. Finally, if you haven't read my book yet, The Quantum Age of IT, Why Everything You Know About IT Is About To Change, I'd love for you to have a copy. The folks at Intel have made copies of my book available for 50% off to all viewers of the show. And if you're one of the first to register for the next show, you can get a copy for free. So don't wait. Click the link below to register now and get your free copy. That's it for now. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Transform IT. And make sure you join us two weeks from now and participate in our live chat while you watch the next episode. I'm Charles Arajo, And together, we can change the world of IT.